What is up? What is good? How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? We are recording this on a Wednesday. It's going to be coming out on a Monday, right before the play-in tournament. And the reason I say this is we're talking hoops with one of my favorite people in the world. He was a co-worker for quite a long time. He'll be a friend forever. He is a legendary writer in the basketball game from covering Kobe and Shaq in LA to explaining the Knicks and their dysfunction to all of us for quite a long time. He was my buddy at BR, and now he is a senior writer at Sports Illustrated, co-host of the Crossover Pod, analyst on Sirius XM, and an all-around lover of all things New York, Howard Frickin' Beck. Lefko, so great to see you. That was the kindest of kind introductions. And uh, you're seriously, you're, if you keep it up, you're going to make me cry before this damn thing. Dude, I'm so, so emotional these days. Like, uh, we're recording this last night. It was my last Tuesday show. I almost cried. I'm getting married yeah. soon. Like, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm at a point now, man, where I'm just like mush all the time. Like, I was watching yeah, The welcome Circle to on Netflix. And it's like a show where like people are like catfishing each other. And this woman started crying. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? Right. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm a mess. Welcome to middle age. This is what happens. If you, if you, if you and your, your uh, wife to be have a kid sometime in the near future, everything that you're feeling right now, where you're going like, why the hell am I getting choked up at this stupid commercial? Like that, that is going to be times 50 in another couple of years, my friend. Like it just, it gets, stranger and more emotional and then you start to think like well this is actually kind of good i'm glad i'm feeling this no wait a minute what the hell's going on this doesn't seem yeah. right i was never this cryy before yeah. i don't even know if cryy is a word i just made it up it's uh it it gets it gets um i want to say worse it gets more in, intense i've always um, been a crier though like i cried at warhorse i cried at logan you know like <laughs> I, I, when people are are in pain i'm just a mush um you know yeah go for it uh, no, I was gonna say, you, like for strange movie emotional moments, I got I got that way toward the end of the horrendous finale of the Star Wars series. Like, um, with yeah, right, like the Last Skywalker, the te- bad, bad, bad Star Wars movie. But it being the end and it coming full circle, and Ray is now claiming, uh, you know, Skywalker, you know, yeah. uh, uh, identity um, at Luke's old homestead and stuff and it's taking me back to like when i'm a kid watching it the first time i'm like i'm like oh my god i always feel all kinds of weird stuff like that doesn't even make sense but uh yes that this is where it's all headed well, for you my friend what you just did right there by the way ingber is joining us because in a little bit we are going to be doing one of his famous trivia games where he is going to be quizzing howard beck and i because it's more fun to look at the season that was and go Let's see who knows a little bit and have fun with it. So I'm excited. Uh, and Ingber, I know you're excited. I can just tell you're bubbling right now. It's, uh, as you know, we did this in January, you versus Connor Rogers. You dominated him. And I think Connor knew that he needed to step up his game. So we got Howard Beck in because I think he's going to give you a run for your money. He's going he's gonna to come for your crown, your trivia crown. Yeah, like when it comes to the NBA, like Howard's not the guy that I would want to challenge, you know? Uh, Howard, it's it's been an interesting NBA season in that we have a Lakers team in the seven seed. Uh, we have had 20% of games in the association have been 20-point or more wins. 5% have been 30-point or more wins. Uh, we have Jokic seemingly as the MVP favorite. We have Russell Westbrook breaking triple doubles. If you were to kind of look back at this year right before the play-in tournaments and the playoffs, 
what is what is like the storyline that's caught your attention the most through all of this? I mean, the overarching thing is just kind of what you laid out, Adam. This has been the strangest of seasons. I think in some ways stranger than last year. I know, you know, the NBA shut down for three months last year and we've never seen that happen. And then it finished up in a bubble and we've never seen that happen. And we were dealing with all the newness of the pandemic. And so by now that a lot of that stuff feels kind of routine. We've all adapted to our new world that we're trying to get back to normalcy now here. But in terms of the way that it affected the NBA, like this season, you like the, the shutdown was not planned for last year. But this year you had a planned season where you thought you were going to go one through 72, but knew there might be postponements. There were at one point there was a ton of them. So many, in fact, that there was discussion of maybe they should put the season right. on pause. Maybe they should go back to a bubble. And Toronto is have, playing in have, Tampa. You know, we forget that Dallas had to shut Tampa, it down for two weeks because the state of Texas lost power. Like it's been a crazy year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is at the end, a lot of that kind of fades as it does. And years from now, just like with lockout seasons. And I, I said this last year when people mm. like, is it going to be an asterisk? Like, no, man, like I, I covered the 99 lockout season. I covered 50 games. There was 50 games in 90 days. I covered the lockout shortened season in, in 11-12 when it was 66 games. And no one's looking back and going, well, you know, so somebody somewhere is probably saying, you know, you know, LeBron's first championship was actually a lockout shortened mm. season. Um, but like Tim Duncan has five titles and they're a dynasty that that has that, that lasted span 15 years. And nobody talks about the fact that the Spurs' first title in that run was in a, a 50 game and 90 day season, like the 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 strangest, most warped wow. of seasons in our lifetimes. So um, it's been a really strange season. A lot of weird stuff has happened, statistical anomalies, all kinds of stuff, but it's all valid at the end. Like people will can distill it and it's fair to say, well, the pitch was so high and defenses were screwed up and there was no home court advantage and all these things. They're all fair, mm. but the result is the result. Everybody played under the same duress and the same strangeness. Some teams were more impacted than others. And yeah, you know, that's borne out in the standings, mm. right? Like there are five, uh, at least four teams in the East that like badly underachieved. And at least in part, probably because of the context oh. of the season, Toronto, Miami, Indiana, and Boston, none of them should be this bad. And there are fluctuations year to year all the time. I think this happens. I have a feeling Miami's going on another run. I just, they may be, I just watching Jimmy Butler seeing that Bam Adebayo really is just a bad matchup for any big in the entire league. They're, they've won 10 of 13. They've been streaky all season, but Dragic is back. Hero is starting to play well. Um, and then I just go, I mean, you give me Spolstra against Budenholzer. You know, you give me Spolstra against Steve Nash in his first season. Like, I don't know, man. Like, they're scary. Like, it's... They're, they're the one team right now. I'm not buying Atlanta. No offense to New York. Like, I, the Knicks have been an amazing story. But Miami's the one team where I'm like, shit, they could do it again. They could. And the thing is, like, the way they did it last year, coming from the bottom half of the bracket, and we don't see those kinds of runs very often, and so you immediately have to, well, is it because of the bubble? Maybe they were just better built for it, and some other teams couldn't handle it, and, you know, all these things. And it's funny because nobody really – has tried to asterisk the Laker title, but they sort of tried to asterisk the Heat being the ones that they faced in the right. finals, right? Like only one half the finals matchup kind of got the, we're not sure what to make of that. Mm. But the Heat fundamentally are the same team. 
And the things that were great about them, the resiliency that they showed, their toughness, Jimmy Butler being Jimmy, those things are all still there, man. And the only reason they're this far down in the standings is because Jimmy was out for a couple yes, weeks in was. January with COVID. And if that never happens, they're probably somewhere in, more in like the three range, maybe four. I, Wade, Wade, um, Wade says to me last night, he goes, do you remember during the All-Star episode, like, uh, show that we did where you said I said to him in commercial I was like I would vote for Jimmy Butler for the all-star game because when he makes an all NBA team it's going to look really dumb that he didn't make the all-star team you know because because he had missed like 12 games at that point everyone's like that's not possible and now you look back and you're like Durant's missed 30 Anthony Davis has missed 35 uh you know you look at it and you're like oh we only missed like 12 to 18 and he's having a career year and he's leading the NBA in steals he's just so underappreciated And, and this and this is why uh, all star voting and all star as a as a, a gauge of anything year to year. I hate it because it's only capturing at best the first half of the season yeah, two, and maybe like not 40%, even that much. Maybe. And Jimmy had missed enough games at that point that as a percentage of the season to date, it made sense to maybe pick somebody else over him. But we all know what Jimmy at full strength and present every day is doing for that team. And yes, this will be potentially one of the rare cases where a guy is all NBA, but not all-star. I don't know how many times that's happened, Mm. but um, he's like, I'm straining like as, as we speak. So by the time this airs, well, actually by the time this airs, I still will not have turned my ballot in because I always wait till the last damn minute, but I'm going to spend the weekend pulling uh, what hair I have out um, because the all NBA teams are brutal and Jimmy has to be on there, but there are a bunch of guys where you're like, well, he has to be on there yeah. too. And I, I, I'm going to get him in for sure. Whether I have to cheat and put him at guard and knock out somebody else, I don't know. We'll see. It's the fact that, uh, and I do not want to have this discussion. I have one other question before we get into trivia about like position fluidity and the fact that like NBA voters are so analytical. Like when I think about you or KOC or Zach Lowe and the way that you guys take this seriously, and then you go, by the way, you can list and beat as a center or a forward. You guys are like, I like you have like these debates in your own brain. Someone said to me last night, they go, Adam, do you have a vote? And I go, no. And they go, oh, you will soon. And I go, honestly, I don't think I want one because I see the stress that it puts on people like Howard Beck. And I don't think I want that in my life. Like I enjoy you guys picking. And then I go, oh, that's good. That's a good idea. But like, I don't think I want that. There's a, it's a, it's a really nice uh, ecosystem, right? Where there are those of us who are tasked with this, this, this serious responsibility. And we do, I, I think most or all of us take it very, very seriously, put a lot of thought into it. But the ecosystem is also every commentator, every blogger, every host, every fan, every, everybody who can then say, all right, bring it. What did you guys do? Oh, you screwed up. What did you like? That's part of the whole process, right? Is there's, there's the voting and then there's the discussion of the voting and then it gets more and meta now it's like from open. there. So you can see what everyone voted for. And as we, as we yep. look at like revisionist yep. history, you know, Oh, you voted for him eight years ago. And it's like, man, it was a, it was a different league. We cared about different things eight years ago. Like I just, yeah, it's like you become like a in the house of legislature and people are like looking at your voting record. I, I don't want that. It's, it's, it's great because I have this great out where the nine years that I worked for the New York times, I, by, company policy, we were not allowed to vote. It was, wow. it was not permitted. The Washington Post doesn't allow it. The US, uh, USA Today does not allow it. Certain um, news organizations that I have worry a that's going to be like an traditional Emily in Paris situation and like you get persuaded financially from a team or something. <laughs> no, it's on the principle that uh, we are here to cover the news, not make the news. 
And that's been exacerbated. This is a rabbit hole we don't need to go down, but I'll just quickly hit it. There's, it's been exacerbated in recent years by the fact that the NBA and the union, without ever consulting those of us who vote on these awards, decided to now attach massive in financial incentives like the Supermax to yeah, all NBA and all this other stuff. So now we could be costing guys money. It even So it, it's even more hazardous as journalists to be involved in this. Nevertheless, this is the responsibility we have. Do you the think league you could ever not have a better that, like Kevin O'Connor was receiving $10,000 checks from Jimmy Butler to get the all NBA team because it would mean like another $20 million. For, do you think it's something like that would ever happen? Not Kevin. I, I don't think so. Kevin. I appreciate uh, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, but because I would think about taking the wondering. check, Howard. I like I would be the Tim Donaghy <laughs> of media people that help LNBA. I'm just letting you know. Oh yeah, yes. You're, no, I, no, you're it'd be a lifetime right. supply of of uh, big face coffee. Ooh, man, I would that'd be hard to pass up. But I I would fall. I'm nope. just letting everybody right know I have weak morals when it comes. I'd be like, sure, like I think you're great. So. so so my so my out is this the nine years that I was working for the Times I didn't vote so like when people say oh you know the media you know nar- narrative carried the Nash to the second one or whatever or they should have given mm. it to Kobe or Chris Paul that one year or Shaq got screwed with like I've got a, there's a nine year gap there where I could just say yeah I wasn't voting then you know you can't can't blame me for that one you can blame me for a bunch of stuff you know for the last seven eight years but not during not from uh, 05 awards through Shaq the 2012 awards are very content in a lot of things. But the one thing that gets them angry is the years in which they thought they should have won MVP and they didn't get it. And, and it was for Shaq. It was Nash for Wade. I forget who it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that still, that still sits in their ribs a lot. Shaq really, t- I mean, we've we done like 15 shows, seven of them in commercial break. He's been like, I can't believe they gave it to fucking Nash. And I was like, man, he's still thinking about it. <laughs> Um, well, I, I got I got one yeah, question go for you. So, LA Daily News, New York Times, you break the mold and come to Bleacher Report. And I've said this before: you going to Bleacher Report when I got the offer year or two or months later, however long it was, it was the validity for me to trust going to an internet site. Because I was on this track of local news, local news, you know, kind of like paper, paper. And when you and a bunch of the other writers came to Bleacher Report, Kevin Ding, Evans, Ethan Skolnick, just the names that I'm remembering us working with. Um, Buker. Oh, of course. I mean, Rick Buker, like that was a guy that I watched on ESPN all the time. And so when you guys went there, that's when, when I got the offer, I was like, I think I'm just going to go straight digital. But like before that, it was like, what the fuck am I getting into? But now you go to Sports Illustrated and I, I see like your pin tweet. You, you grew up wanting to be Frank DeFord. And, um, you know, what, what I still love is wherever you've gone, when you hit a triple or a homer, people take notice. Like, I love the fact that you just put out an article about coaching and does it matter? And then I turn on TV and everyone's talking about it. And I'm like, hell yeah, Howard, keep fucking hitting that shit. But I'm just, I'm curious for you, like I've been having, like last night was our last Tuesday show and I'm in traffic. I'm in like a stoplight at two in the morning and I'm going to cry and fuck. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Cause I'm like. What? And like. 
I go on Twitter and like Ernie gave me a compliment and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? And like, it just hit me. I'm fucking crying right now. And so my question was, do you have moments where you're like, God damn, like I'm at Sports Illustrated right now. Like I have a collection of Sports Illustrated. like, do you have that shit? Yes. Yes. Um, and I feel you right now. And by the way, uh, not to add to your emotional outburst, but just, uh, you know, I, I'm just so, so proud to have watched you do all this for this last year and, and this season um, as your friend. And you and I grew together, you know, in a lot of ways and, and, and critical, you know, period for our careers, respectively, and intersecting, right? You did your thing. I did my thing at Bleacher, but we also did a bunch of stuff together. That was a freaking blast. Some of the best yeah. times I have had in this business in a studio with you and Buke, the rest of the guys. Fun and fun, um, I, I, every time I see you on TV, especially when my wife and daughter are in the room, like, it's Adam. There's Adam. Adam's crazy. up there with Shaq and Wade and Candace. Like, it's, it's, it's so crazy. fucking cool. But SI, so, thank you um, for saying that. SI, so, yeah, I mean... I, I told the story many times that, you know, my, my fandom, my sports fandom started with Montana to Clark, the catch 1982 NFC championship. And that's gets me reading, devouring the San Jose Mercury news every day. And, and my sports illustrated subscription was around that same time it had, had begun. And yes, Frank DeFord was like one of those first writers that I just fell in love with their work. And when I went to college, you know, it's funny, there's a generational divide where there are a lot of people who, even if they're print people, come up at a time where ESPN is so dominant on the sports media landscape that that's the goal. And I realized at one point during my career that people were asking like, well, shouldn't you go to ESPN or when are you going to go to ESPN? I was like, that wasn't the goal. That was never, I came up in a, in a print era where the ultimate goal was sports illustrated. Yeah. Cause by it, far. It, it was once a month. It, it felt like a gift. You know what I mean? And, and it never felt like you knew about it early. You'd open it up and you'd see a feature story and you were like, wow. I had, I had no idea that I was about to go down this journey, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, Adam, like when I got to the times in 2004, like that, that was a moment, right? It's the New York freaking yeah. times. I, I almost it 98% of the time that I say New York times in relation to me working there, I say some version of New York fucking times or New York freaking times, because it's still mind blowing to me that I ever uh, was there. And that moment was really important for me. But if, but if we're being honest, like when, especially when I was younger, the Times wasn't known for, for its sports coverage. It was just known as this incredible institution of journalism in, in, in the U.S. But SI was the pinnacle for sports writing specifically, mm. at least for most of my youth. And so this has been the dream for a very long time. And you don't think it's ever going to happen um, after a certain period of time has passed. And I became strictly a newspaper guy. And I had aspirations potentially of SI, but uh, you know, I don't know if that opportunity was ever there. And then you just... In this business, as you know, you you don't always know where the opportunities are, what they're going to be, what they're going to look like. I couldn't have ever predicted that I was going to be working for Bleach Report, just as you were saying you couldn't have either. And we have this, you know, there's this 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 door opens, and you think I'm gonna walk through this. I'm not sure where it's going, but I just feel like there's something great to do here, hmm. and it's a great opportunity. And so I did not ever plan to get to the Times. I did not. I could not have planned to get to Bleach Report. SI, I think, was something that I long ago just kind of thought, well, you know, I, you know what? I'm going to be a subscriber for life. And I've got a lot of friends who have worked there. And it's great. Like I, And this is the way things evolved. And so grateful that it did. So grateful to be here. Uh, you know, fantastic organization. I know, you know, people 
from the outside, I'll think, well, yes, I've been through all this stuff the last several years and ownership changes and everything. And like, yeah, that's the media landscape that we live in now. Right. It's ever changing and, and sometimes bumpy, but uh, uh, it's, it is, it's the same feeling I had at the times where it's, I, I love that I'm here. I'm it's, it's on, it's honor. It's, it's an honor and humbling at the same time. I used to say it with, uh, about the times it's an ego boost to be able to say, hi, it's Howard Beck from the New York times mm-hmm. calling now Howard Beck from sports illustrated calling. That's a huge ego boost, but it's also humbling as hell because you know, who you're working with and who came before you and the work that they did. And you think I still have imposter syndrome. Mm. How the hell did I get here? Mm. Like, wh- how am I, how am I writing for the same magazine that, you know, Scott Price and Frank DeFord and Lee Jenkins and, you know, Tom Verducci and on and on and on. Like you, it's, it, it, what's amazing. It's amazing. What's amazing too is I'll, I'll wrap it up with a little bit of like organizational psychology. We had Adam Grant on recently, and one of his entire chapters was about the benefits of imposter syndrome, that there's often this moment where people that are more than qualified for some reason feel imposter syndrome, and it makes them hit a level of work that they wouldn't normally hit because they're having this energy come in thinking that they may be imposters. And so uh, I, I think it's like when I hear Howard Beck go, Oh, I mean, this is where Frank DeFord and Tom Verducci and I'm going, yeah, motherfucker, that's you. Like you're at the same level, you know, like it's you, you, you have enough reps under the belt. Now you have a, and then think about the bylines, you know, like it's, it's a, it's a cool moment. It's nobody ever realizes that you're at the top of the mountain until somebody goes, Hey, look around, you know what I mean? And it's uh, man, you're the man. I, I know one thing we both agree on. The world misses Game of Zones, and that will be our last. Hell yeah. Like, that's the one thing right now that, like, is if this NBA season had Game of Zones, it would be great. Malamutes, everybody, Chris, all the Sarah. But, uh, man, I miss that shit. I'm, I miss it greatly. And, yes, how many times over the course of the last few months have we, have fans all thought, oh, man, that would have made an amazing yeah. Game of Zones. Like, like there's so I was much in the material. shower thinking Daryl Morey should hire them and just make it like a Sixers themed like content offering. You could leverage ad sales against it. It's going to pull in sale. Just one of these teams needs to adopt it and then create like if the Sixers had a cartoon division or an animation division, I think the whole league <laughs> would enjoy it. Um, all right. You ready to play some trivia? All right, let's do it. All right, so David, what are the rules? How do we how do we buzz in? What is the point scu- structure? What do we got? I'm on top of all of that. I've got my Google okay. Doc open. So, gentlemen, welcome to the look back, the game where we look back to see how well you remember everything about the NBA from the last year. Let's start by welcoming our two contestants. First, our returning champion, the only person in the world who has Candace Parker, the co-founder of Reddit, and me in his cell phone, mm-hmm. a man who will start a lifetime vendetta. If you don't read his comments during a clubhouse session, Adam Lefko. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And our challenger, a Bleacher Report legend who thinks that any NBA team that receives a player from a buyout should be forced to give up all their future picks for the next 50 years. A man who believes Nikola Jokic (laughs) should be eligible for all NBA as a center forward quarterback and hockey goalie. Howard Beck, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you very much. Gentlemen, let's explain the rules. There are going to be three rounds, each with 10 questions. The categories are facts and figures. Oh, right. That happened. And who said it? The correct Mm. answers for rounds one and two are worth five points each. And in round three, the correct answers will be worth 10 points. So it's anybody's game. Now, I will start to read the question and you can ring in at any point. 
However, if you ring in, I will immediately stop reading the question and you have to guess based on the information that I have now said. So it is a little bit of a risk there. If you then get it wrong, the other competitor gets to hear the entire question and then gets a chance to guess. Is that, is that clear for everyone on the rules? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, the last time we played this, people were ringing in by banging a pen against a mug or something like that, but the gate on their microphone was not picking it up at times. Oh. So this time, I thought we would go with a code word, and you just say your code word out loud, and then I'll know that it's you ringing in. So, Howard, yeah, so Alevko came prepared with a mug to, to bang on, but we don't <laughs> actually need that this time. So, Howard, what is the word? It could be Shaq, or it could be Giannis, whatever it is. What is the code word you'll say when you ring it? Montana. Montana, okay. And Lefko, what is your code word going to be? Beck. Beck. <laughs> That's going to be very confusing for me. Yes. <laughs> Could you please choose any other word in the English language? No, it's short. It's effective. It's got a hard consonant at the beginning and the end. Beck is what Okay, I like so when hear. I hear Beck, that means Lefko's ringing in. And when you I hear it. Montana, are you sure you don't want to go with a one-syllable code word? I'm telling you, Montana was long. I was like, this yeah, is a competitive you know, advantage. That's yeah, uh, that, you know, that's that's uh, I should have thought this through. Um, I'll go, you can go with rice. I'll go with low. Low. Ooh. I'm going to go. <laughs> what up, go low. All right. We've got low when uh, Howard's ringing in and Beck when Lefko's ringing in. This is not confusing at all. This is, I'm already confused. <laughs> Let's play the look back. Question number one in the category of facts and figures. Again, you can ring in at any point, but I will stop reading as soon as I hear you ring in. All right, Russell Westbrook is once again the leader in NBA triple-doubles with 36 as of this recording. Three other players had at least 10 triple-doubles. Name two of them. Beck. All right, left go. That's calling in with Beck. Um, DeMontis Sabonis. That is incorrect. Howard, would you like to steal? How many did you say? 10? At least 10, yeah. He has Damn, eight. he has nine. He, had, he, has he got nine. his ninth last night. Uh, James one. Harden. Um, that Luka is Doncic. correct. Two out of the three. The third one is Nikola Jokic. I'm actually surprised he wasn't the first one. You wow. Said. Yeah. The only reason I said it's a bonus is I fucked up. He had his 13th career last night. So, it was, ah. but it was ah, damn. Okay. Yeah, all right. Jokic, so yeah, again, definitely. Jokic, Harden, and Doncic, all with uh, with over 10. All right. Question number two. Speaking of triple doubles, who became the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple double this season? Low. All right, Howard. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr.? That is incorrect. Oh, Can I hear the question one more time? Speaking of triple doubles, who became the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple double this season? Um, I am going to go with John Morant. It is LaMelo Ball at LaMelo. 19 years and 140 days. Uh. And a little oh. fun bonus question. The previous holder of this record, can anyone think? He's a former number one draft pick. Low. <laughs> this is not really part of it. You can just say it at this point. <laughs> All right. Oh, LeBron James. It was Markel Fultz had the record. Oh, my, oh my goodness. Yeah. Unbelievable record there. So anyway, okay. So no one gets that one. Beck is still ahead. One answer to none. Okay. Question number three. During this season, LeBron James overtook Carl Malone as the NBA's all-time leader in a certain category when he recorded his 4,525th what? Well, it's not points. 
No, he has way more than 4,500 points. <laughs> Beck. I, I can't. All right, Lefko. I'm going to go with personal fouls. No, that is incorrect. Great guess, mm-hmm. though. Um, low. Uh, I, this, is, I, this is a total stab in the dark. Made free throws? No, that is incorrect. It's turnovers. He is the all-time uh, leader in turnovers. Wow. Got a little bit of news for a week. I thought you guys might That's have seen obscure. That. By the way, I talked to Carl Malone this week for like oh. this interview thing. And my favorite part was I go, hey, by the way, did you enjoy the last dance? And he didn't say anything for 20 seconds. He just lifted up a bourbon bottle that was in the shape of a middle finger and said, next question. And I was like, oh, you didn't like it. Okay. (laughs) Not a fan of the last dance. Yeah. Jazz fans didn't love uh, what happened in 97 and 98, I guess. Uh, All right. Question number four. The Dallas Mavericks set an NBA record by running out to a 50-point lead at halftime over what other Western Conference? Mm. Oh, this is Beck. That Clippers. is correct for your second correct answer. Great job. It was a uh, 77. Mavericks are scary, man. Mavericks are scary too. Mavericks and Heat are like the two teams that started off really slow. And right now it's like, uh, I don't really want to face them. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Question number five. Speaking of 50 points, only three players have scored at least 50 points multiple times this season. Name mm. two of them. Beck. All right. Left go. Okay. Stephen Curry. That's one. And I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. That is correct. You are on the board. The third one was Bradley Beal, who just did it. That makes sense. Interesting. All three of those guys, they're the only ones that have scored 50 multiple times. They're also the only three that have scored 60 this year. Mm. All right. Question number six. Name the two tallest current players in the NBA. Two. A Beck. All right. Lefko. Low. No, it's Lefko's already called in. Taco Fall. That's one. Boba Mariana. That is correct. See, I'll win the circus freak questions. <laughs> no, no offense. I mean, <laughs> all right. They're also, I would argue, like two of the most loved players in the NBA. How can you not love someone oh, yes. who's a combined 15 feet tall? <laughs> <laughs> Question number seven Lamarcus Aldridge just retired 49 points shy of the 20,000 point club. So, which current player? is the closest to joining the 20,000-point club. Low. Howard? Uh, is it Kevin Durant? It is not. Because mm. there's a lot of guys that have gotten it. So mm-hmm. the closest now. Uh, I'll go with this complete guest, Damian Lillard. No, great guess. It's Chris Paul. At 19,936 points. Unbelievable. I was just looking at his stats. He's only averaged 20 points two times in his career, but just 19, 18, 19 every single year. I saw a crazy stat that uh, last week he went 15 assists, no turnovers, and he has done that something like eight times in his career. And you're like, wow. Incredible. And the only person to have done it more is like Stockton, who did it 15. And you're like, damn, John Stockton was crazy. <laughs> like, I don't, I didn't appreciate John as much as I should have because his stats are just, he's like the Jerry Rice of, his, of passing point guards. <laughs> All right. Question number. With tighter shorts. Question number yep. eight. Zion Williamson is scoring 27 points per game while shooting nearly 62% from the floor. Who was the last player to score over 20 points per game with over 60% from the floor? Howard? Low. Oh, God, I cut that off too soon. It is I'm Shaq. Gonna say Shaq. I was going to say he did Shaq. it in both 05 and 06. Incredible. 
And for fun, the previous player before Shaq, he did it in 86 and in 87. Any guesses? First name that came up to me was Moses, but I don't know. Yeah, it's in that category. It's Kevin McHale. Mm. He did it in back-to-back All right. years. All right, so Beck, you get that one with Shaq. All right, question number nine. Steph Curry became the all-time leading warrior scorer this season, passing what NBA legend? Beck. Left go? Wilt. That is correct. Wilt is still Chamberlain. And the what final question. for Steph. Oh, huge year for Seth. Incredible. Yeah. Is he Actually, first team all NBA back? Yes. Okay. Yes. No brainer. Yeah. He's he's locked in. He's etched in. It's like I've, I've I took out a tablet and and a chisel and I actually did it in. What stone. position is Luka Doncic? He's he's a guard. Well, we could go down a whole crazy rabbit hole here, and I've had long yeah, debates with several that. NBA people this week. Uh, Luka handles the ball in every possession, but I've said this from the beginning, and this is the only point I'll make so that we don't get down this rabbit hole. LeBron James has been the point guard of every team he's ever played on. The period. Pelicans were really good this year when Zion run point, but he's not a point guard. Yeah. yeah. That's not just because yeah, you have we, the ball does not mean you're the point guard in my opinion. No, but in LeBron's case, he has been, yeah. I mean, he's only been listed at point guard like once or twice for a season because there's always like a Mario Chalmers or a Mo mm-hmm. Williams or somebody out on the court. But those guys are like shooters who also guard the other team's point right. guard. They're not running the offense. Yeah, confusing. Anyway. Okay. All right. So for this question, number 10, this is the final question of the first round. We're only talking about players that qualify for the scoring title, meaning they played at least 70% of their games. All right. So if you look at the top 20 scorers of points per game, two of them are teammates, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the Celtics. There are two other players that are teammates on what team? This was 20 point scorers. These are people in the top 20 for scoring title. Oh, top 20 of scoring. They're both low. Yeah, Howard. Uh, is it Westbrook and Beal? It is not. Westbrook is just down below around 22 points. Okay, I am going to go the Clippers, Kawhi nope. and PG. Sorry, Damn. the only two in the top 20 were Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic nice on the question. Chicago Bulls. That's a good question. <laughs> I, we could have been here for a half hour and I would not. Have I really love I loved looking at these stats and being like, wow. Okay. After one round, we are tied at 15 to 15. Ooh. It is getting as spicy as I was hoping it would. This is like Beck though, playing someone that like he shouldn't be up against. Like this is an all win situation for me right now. <laughs> so I'm very excited. No, this is, this is, a, this is an all lose situation because uh, the pressure is all on me. I'm. That's you what know, I'm saying. Like you have no chance to be happy. Years, you better this. win. Yeah, this. I am thrilled just to be a no, competitor. No, I'm going to be miserable the rest of the day. <laughs> I'm DK Metcalf in an Olympic 100 meters right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, wow, he did it in under 11 seconds. He's a, he's amazing. Um, all right, we're looking now at category two. It's called Oh Right That Happened. So we're leaving behind the statistics and the facts and figures. We're going more toward the oddities of the season. You do have a chance to change your code word if you'd like. Although I do like the low and back situation. Yeah, I like it too. Okay. Let's keep it. Question number one. The highlight that wasn't with his team down by three with 0.8 seconds left on the clock, which NBA player threw the ball 90 feet only to left go? Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Which player threw the ball 90 feet to watch it rim in and out as his team lost to the Suns? That was one of the best moments of the season for sure. It was like a dude perfect video. That was 50 years ago. (laughs) All right, Lefko pulls out to the early lead in round two. Question number two. 
which movie trailer caused Richard Jefferson to tweet out that CGI got the hairline looking fire emoji? Beck. Left go. Space Jam 2. That's correct. Space Jam, A New Legacy. Yes. I knew you were going to say Space Jam 2. Technically, the name of the movie is Space Jam, A New Legacy, but uh, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. I'm the host. Coming to America 2 is, yeah, I don't know. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Question number three. This is my favorite oddity of the season. At the NBA trade deadline, every single player in the NBA with a certain first name was traded on the same day. Left go. Gary. That is correct. (laughs) Can you name all three Garys? Harris. Gary Trent, Gary Harris, and um, I know there's a Gary Clark now on the Gary Sixers. Gary Clark, yeah. Okay, that's correct. <laughs> that's, I didn't even know that that had happened at the time. That's incredible. Yeah, there were two crazy things that happened. All the Garys got traded, and Gary Trent Jr. got traded like 23 years to the day from the, you remember, like, yeah. like from the uh, Portland to Toronto. Yeah, had. wild. Yeah, yeah. But I did not know that there were only three Garys that they'd all been 100% traded. 100% of the NBA Garys got traded in one day. <laughs> my, my favorite sports story of the year, probably. <laughs> all right, Lefko's pulling ahead, Beck. Question number four. Which NBA mascot dressed up in mittens and a mask and sat in the same famous pose as Bernie Sanders from the inauguration? Low. Howard? Uh, whatever that uh, crazy, scary Mavs man thing is for the Mavericks. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Ah, okay. So here's my dilemma. I remember it. It was like a fox, but I don't know who that that mascot. It it's it's that. It's not the Phoenix Sun gorilla. I'll tell you that much. Um, I'm gonna go with the Denver Nuggets mascot. That's incorrect. They were calling him Bernie the Bull. It was Benny the Bull. What's the name of the guy for the Denver Nuggets? Uh, um, the, 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 the lion thing. Yeah. Uh, what the hell is that yeah. thing? I'll look it up. This is, this is how long it's been since I've been in an NBA arena. I can't remember the names of mascots anymore. <laughs> oh, um, all right. Are we, are Rocky you the mountain lion. <laughs> Rocky, of course. Duh. All right. Question number five, fill in the blank from this tweet from April 5th of this year. ESPN has parted ways with blank effective immediately. Beck. Left go. Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is correct. So that night, you know, Shaq comes in and he comes in two minutes before the show. And usually I'm informing him of the games and he's like, okay, okay. But he comes in and he goes, what the hell was Paul Pierce doing? And I was like, man, none of us know. <laughs> and so th- that night he just kept in the back. He's like, we should do a segment called come on Paul. Like anytime somebody makes a mistake, he's like, he just wanted to go, come on Paul. Oh, what a night. That was crazy. <laughs> All right. Question number six, the indispensable website, basketballreference.com is known oh, for its God fun nicknames. You. They added a new nickname to what all-star this year back in January. The nickname was World B Flat. Beck. Low. Uh, Howard just got in there. It's got to be Kyrie, Kyrie right? Kyrie Irving. That's a really good fake nickname. World B Flat really made me laugh. Oh, my God. That's good. <laughs> All right. Howard making a game of it. Question. It feels like that joke should have made, been made like three years ago. Yeah. But, you know. but, hey, basketball reference. They're, they're the, the kings of the nickname. They are. Question number seven. This question brings us back to the bubble, but it was technically in the last calendar year, so I'm including it. 
Fill in the blank from this Kenny the Jet Smith quote. Blank tried to fool everybody saying he was going in for the wings. He went in there for the legs and the thighs. Beck. Left go. Lou Will. <laughs> Lou Williams. Man, I, that, what a story that was. Whew. Can you Jack Harlow at Magic City? Magic City. That was going to be my follow-up question. That's correct. Yeah. All right. Unbelievable story that took over for at least a week and uh, just made me laugh as I was doing research for this. Yeah, Lou Will got called like Lemon Pepper Lou and made a whole thing of it. Meanwhile, uh, who was the big guy on the Kings that like walked two feet too far out of the bubble to pick up some wings of his own? Oh, right. Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, go quarantine for 10 days. <laughs> All right, question number eight. Which former NBA player lost in the second round of a boxing match with YouTuber Howard? Nate Nate Robinson Robinson is correct. With YouTuber Mm. Jake Paul. Nate the Great. Man. Friend of Bleacher Report, Nate Robinson. Yep. All right, question number nine. Which NBA player was selected to his first NBA All-Star game in this, his 14th season in the league? Uh, but Beck left go Mike Conley Jr. Mike Conley is correct there's a lot of first time all-stars but he was the oldie yeah incredible Beck Beck he's feeling a little stressed right now hey look the third round that's 10 points per there's plenty you're of time right, to make right. this up I shouldn't say anything <laughs> question number 10 the last question of the round two here left goes disappeared from his computer screen oh there yes. he is <laughs> Question number 10. Speaking of All-Star Weekend, Anthony Simons won the dunk contest with a final dunk in which he claimed to do what specific action? Left go. Kiss the rim. That's correct. Kiss the rim. Even though slow-mo. These are the details. These are the details that just leak out of my head in like the weeks that follow. Like you at the time you're just like, oh, that was and then like, but Beck can give you the true shooting percentage of every guard in the NBA. And I'm like, yeah, Joel Embiid almost made that shot. This is (laughs) the difference in our brain. (laughs) That is true. This is a much more Lefko centric uh, show than a Howard centric one. Yeah. But you know what? You're, you're on, you're on away turf right now. But again, after two rounds, left goes up 50 to 25. That's only two and a half answers away Yikes. in the next one. Yeah, it's, only three, it's only three questions. That's, yeah, you're, you're three questions away. This is anybody's game. Is this last uh, round essay question? Because I'll, I'll be a lot better. Yep, each that. question I ask, and then I give you 20 minutes and a blue book to write down six <laughs> paragraphs. Fuck those blue books. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Can, do kids have to do that today? I don't think kids have penmanship these days. I think they only right, know like how to write. They're not using pencils. Because I'm teaching my daughter how to write right now. And if I have a pencil in my hand for like 20 straight minutes, it starts to get sore. I'm like, I used to write essays with this thing. Essays. Oh, man. So happy I don't have to do that anymore. All right. So again, 50 to 25. It's all up to you, Howard. Here we go. This new category. I assume we're keeping our code words, right? Yep. Sure. All right. Question number one in who said it? I'm going to be reading quotes, tweets, Instagram posts, news articles, et cetera. You just have to tell me who said it. Question number one. You guys got to understand, just like with video games growing up, we never played with the Utah Jazz. Heck. Left go. LeBron James. That is correct. This quote famously started with, there's no slander to the Utah Jazz, even though he's about to slander I asked the Wade, Utah Jazz. I was like, I was like, Wade, did the Utah Jazz contact you right after that and offer you the ownership? He's like, no. I was like, oh, <laughs> I thought that Utah was like, we have an image problem. Let's get Dwayne Wade. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number two. Which NBA star tweeted this? 
Kevin Durant was better than Steph Curry both those years. Everybody knows it, bro. Don't try and kid yourself. This MF Curry needed another MVP and three all-star. Left go. Kevin Durant. It was Kevin Durant that <laughs> tweeted this. <laughs> Forgot to change out of his burner account on that one. Dude. I, I, I Did I miss that one entirely? I guess I missed that. That, that, this, I, I, that sounded familiar. That was so Durant got caught with a burner again, and I somehow blame. No, I just that. think this is going to show that, like, while Lefko and I are just like devouring Twitter hilarious moments, yeah. Howard's actually like watching games and pouring over stats and like finding He's real sports information. I wish I could say that were the case. <laughs> I clearly am spending too much time on Twitter, but often it's you know like you know uh, 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 politics. Uh, the world is burning Twitter instead of there NBA are a lot Twitter, of different so. Twitters, and the, the world is large enough uh. for all of them. All right, question number three. This was a big news story when it came out. Question number three, this was translated from a European article. Nearly the whole team is vaccinated. Only LeBron and I are not, I think. Look, Howard. Uh, you were asking for the player, said right? It, yes. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder is correct. I didn't realize he said LeBron wasn't. He said only LeBron and I are not, I think. This was a big story because it got translated from a German article. And then it was, right. oh, when did he say this, et cetera. Wow. All right. Question number four. Which retired NBA legend said this about James Harden forcing his way out of Houston? When you, when you say you gave the city your all, that ain't true. And I'm about to say some things. And keep in mind, I have a G14 classification Back. to say. Left go. Shaquille. Nope. Shaquille O'Neal, the only one that could say that. Yeah, was he? I, I wasn't going I wasn't. I wasn't going to get into yeah, I was going to say, Beck, how long has, has Shaq been saying G14 classification? I think that's a that's a newer version of of you know a theme that he's all always hit over years, right? It might have been you know I don't know if he ever did like a like G eight back in the day or some other version. Like I think he might have had a different label for it. G fourteen as his like go to shtick feels more mm -hmm. recent. Yeah, you got to experience like early developing, first getting to L.A. Shack, and I still that had to be such a crazy era. So what are the, so he he's always had like these go to like gimmicks like that like yeah. the G fourteen he's going to keep coming back to. When he was so when he was uh, his second year with the Lakers, my first year on the beat, he'd be doing his mumbling thing sometimes at the locker, and then he 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 divulged to us once that he, this was the shamming method, sham S H A M acronym. It's the short answer method. Of course, then it becomes the short answer method method. Anyway, he was shamming. It's like a pin so number. If, if, yeah. if ever the days that he did not want to actually engage with us and have to think about it, or because he was just pouting. It would just be like, you know, we just got to, you know, play hard. My guy's got to look for me. I'll take half percent of shots. And he gave us all the cliche stuff that was shamming. Mm. And you could see. And then after a while, you're like, OK, I'm going to go talk to Rick Fox. Yes. Yes. And you, you would realize it's not worth jockeying no. for position in front of his locker and jamming my arm in there with the recorder and not being able to hear him and all this. I'm just going to go talk to Derek Fisher. But you or have to Rory be there because gonna... if he's on, it's must see TV, must see. Yeah. Well, what happens is. Because on the days that he's sitting down and everybody's just gathered around and your your arm is in there, you can't hear it because he's, he's just fucking like this the whole time. And so you can't hear. And then the people who are close enough to hear, all of a sudden there's like this laughter and you're like, oh, wait, what what I miss? What did he say? And but you you bring your, your arm back out eventually and you listen to the recorder later and you're like, oh yeah, shit was yeah. funny. Yeah, what a legend. All right, question number five. Which podcaster said this about Howard Beck? You are a wimp. That's right. I'm calling you a wimp. Low. <laughs> yes, low. it was low. 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 <laughs> he called you. Why did he call you a wimp? Because I have been lobbying 
to uh, lobbying is a strong term. I have been advocating the concept that we should have a longer MVP ballot. It should Not be five. seven, eight. Major League Baseball's got 10. Mm. It goes 10 deep, and it's been that the case, I looked it up, since 1931. Mm. And I think that in a year like this, in the NBA, it underscores that we have different types of NBA M- uh, MVP cases, right? So Jokic and Embiid, I think, are the clear Why can't it just be an infinite amount? Like, like, if anybody gets one, like, like it just goes down to however many people get one. Why can't that be it? I don't want to get crazy, but like you know, when, uh, like you you have point you know points assessed to each level, right? On baseball, it's you know one through ten has whatever mm. points. The NBA, it's one through five. If you want a couple more slots, you would just rescale it. It's not going to change the outcome of who wins, mm. but if you wanted to make sure that both Steph Curry for his statistical um, amazingness, but also Chris Paul for without the stats elevating the, the, the Suns in a, mm. in a uh, really important way, you would have more flexibility to have different types, especially right now that three through five or four and five is a real, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's difficult between it the guys who are stat monsters versus the guys who just elevated their teams another way. No, anyway, I do like this year's a good example of that. I, I, Zach, Zach, Zach poo-pooed it. But when I had him on, uh, or, or when I was on, excuse me, on his pod recently, and I, I said, I'm only coming on if you give me five minutes to make the case. And by the end of it, he was like, OK, yeah, all right. I get it. So I think I want I do like it in uh, when you're looking at someone's like MLB reference page and it's like Manny Ramirez finished 19th in MVP voting in this year. <laughs> like, how did they even know that? <laughs> all right. Question number six. Who wrote the following on Instagram during the season? Today, I write this letter with a heavy heart. My last game I played while dealing with an irregular heartbeat. Ah, that is correct. Marcus Aldridge. I known. Nothing more to add. Just a very sad story. Hope he's doing well. Yeah. Question yes. number seven. Which NBA player said this about the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol building? They're not protesters. They're effing terrorists. Um... Man. <laughs> All right, Howard. Hello. I'm just going to guess LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, he wouldn't go that hard. I don't think so either, but I couldn't think of who else was going to speak out forcefully on, on something of that. I'm going to go. Topic. I'm going to go. Um, I feel like it's somebody on the Bucks. Um, good poker face by Engber. They're not yeah, reacting yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah. Trying to narrow it I know, down. I was helping team. just for a little. Uh, I'm going to go Sterling it. Brown. It was Draymond Green, perhaps. Draymond. Perhaps uh, Lefko's future. He said, when you think about people that would be willing to talk, he on would be subject. the guy to say that. He yeah, would be the guy to say that. I thought he was a guessable sure. answer. Yeah. 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 All right. Question number eight Which NBA player said this quote through an interpreter? Not going for the block was never an option for me. If I had a hundred opportunities to block a dunk, oh, I would block just one uh, of those hundred. I will continue to try to block I'm them. I'm not going to get his name. This was after I, getting if, dunked I, can, on. How many context clues can I give about this guy that it counts for saying his name? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to Because allow. if I guess, Beck is going to ride my, ans- my answer. Oh, this is good strategy. Right. Okay. So I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to even talk. <laughs> I could tell Beck doesn't have it. I know who it is. I do not know the guy's name. I know I know his first initial of his last name. 
So I withdraw. <laughs> now you've got me confused. I withdraw because I know our scores are close. Oh, man. Messing with my head on this. Yeah, this is an incredible, like, talk about poker face. He's, he's really playing like this. You think I'm going to, who wants to be a millionaire? And then and Beck goes, oh, no way. Huh. Wow, this is, this is messing with me on multiple levels. Um, I, see, my, my first impulse is, is, was with somebody who would not have caused Lefko to struggle, which makes me think that my first impulse is wrong, but I'm just going to have to guess it because I, I'm not, uh, I, I don't know that I can get yeah, there. Go for it. All right, low. Go for it. Uh, go bear. It was not. It was yeah. the guy on the Raptors that Anthony Edwards dunked on. Anthony Edwards uh, dunked on him. Utah Watanabe. Utah Watanabe. Uh, right. Wasn't going to get it, but I, I can see him. I knew the dunk. And, and he, he, he said it so eloquently because I want, I want anyone that gets dunked on to have a response yes. like this. It's like, don't get, yes. make fun of me for being on a poster. Think I'm awesome because I'm willing to look bad in order to help my team. Yes. No doubt. Yes. No doubt. Yes. Utah and Abby. All right. Question number That's nine. It's kind of funny to me because for the last couple of years, all I've heard is how bad I am. You sign with this team and everybody's like, "That's not fair." But 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 Howard. Damn. Blake that Griffin. is correct. Blake Griffin. We got to be close now. I feel like he's making a roaring comeback. All right. Question number ten. Oh. When asked if Rudy Gobert should win Defensive Player of the Year, which NBA player said, "I scored forty-two on him, and I'm not a scorer." Oh, damn it. Oh, you messed this up. It's mine. You (laughs) messed this up. It's mine. It is not. Ben Simmons. It was Ben Ah. Simmons. (laughs) Tell me that gave you the W. That was when Embiid was out, right? That was like right before the All-Star It was also because he Ah. was making his case for Defensive Player of the Year, and then he had like a season-high 42 against him. Yes, Yes, yes. So our final yes. score here, God it was getting it. closer and closer. <laughs> uh, the Utah Watanabe and the Ben Simmons turned the whole thing. Lefko ends up winning 90 to 65, maintaining his <laughs> trivia crown. Thank you so much for playing, everybody. I appreciate you for joining the look back. Oh, great job, Ingber. <laughs> that was that was phenomenal. Uh, well done. Well done. <laughs> well done, Mr. Lefko. That was uh that was that was I'm sweating. Shout out to it Jake was, Voorhees for keeping score in the background, by the way. Really thank appreciate you, Jake. you, Jake. Uh, you know, first Connor Rogers, uh, now Howard Beck. Uh, the list is, is getting a little bit long uh, and very accomplished. <laughs> um, Howard, uh, I mean this sincerely. Thank you uh uh for for coming on and and for everything over the years didn't know i was going to get him i literally said i was going to get emotional and then i got emotional so i kind of foretold it but uh i appreciate you man always you're uh you're someone that has spoken for me in the past and given me like hey you know, trust this guy he's he's a good dude and it, it's meant a lot man so thank you for coming on no, no, thank you. Pleasure's all mine. This was awesome. Love being back uh, in any media scenario with with you and with the whole gang here of boxes that are just. Remember when we right lost now, our but, minds um, during Juan Hernan Gomez? Like it was a. <laughs> we still have. 
We have the photo. Yeah. There's still the photo. It's like really grainy because it was taken on somebody's like probably like iPhone two or something. So we were doing Ingber, so we you- were doing like so many draft videos where like somebody got drafted. We'd have to talk about and they'd have to give grades. And Beck wanted to give everybody a B because he said, we have no idea how they're going to be giving a grade right now is insane. And so we're doing all this. And for some reason, Juan Willie Hernan Gomez or Juan Hernan Gomez, one of those guys, I just kept starting the video with a, with like an accent. And I was like, Juan Hernan Gomez. <laughs> and like, we were so delirious after doing videos for like four and a half hours that like Buker one in Beck, the morning. Yeah. It's like one in the morning. I'm hopped up on jelly bellies. Um, we're all punchy as hell. There is a photo. There is a still frame shot of us in the studio at Bleacher Report. Uh, the, the two of us in, in Buke. And we're all just in various states of just our faces coming apart. Yeah, like we're we just couldn't even talk. Dying. That was the moment. And that was the moment. It, that photo is, is literally, it's the Hernan Gomez yeah. draft moment. I joined so every Bleach time Report, I see him. I yeah, I joined Bleach Report in 2019. And it feels like, you know, when you join a new company, people tell you glory day stories about the company from five, six years earlier. And they always involve, man, we shot 4,800 videos in two days back in, <laughs> it's always some version of that. <laughs> Yeah, that that was a lot of it happened around the draft. That was a moment. And then I would say Howard and I uh, being there when Terry Rogier uh, called FaceTime Danny Ainge and revealed he was selecting the Time Lord Robert Williams uh, while drinking like <laughs> Hennessy uh, is up there, too. That was a, that was a wild night. Man, that was uh, I got texts hours later, like two in the morning from somebody with the Celtics saying, um, you realize this is a serious problem, right? <laughs> like well, we're violating good. like a thousand different laws and you know federal regulations and Unreal. NBA rules. And, yeah, Beck, you're the man, dude. <laughs> Appreciate you as always. Love you. No, uh, no, uh, pleasure's all mine, man. Thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. Um, so proud of everything you've you've done and are doing, and uh, can't wait to see you when we can do those things again. Oh yeah, for Howard Beck, for David Ingber. Just remember that trivia comes from Tri Via Three Roads because there was a place in ancient Rome where people would go. That was the meeting place. They talk about trivial things. On the LEFKOE, man, I have no words of wisdom except do what the fuck you want to do. Like, don't wait. Do it. Love you guys. Peace.